What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me once again is the man whose retirement goals would be to spend his years mowing football fields on a riding lawnmower, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. You know that scene in Forrest Gump when he's riding the snapper lawnmower? I even know what the kind of lawnmower he was riding. Now, because I've been a football star and a war hero and national celebrity and a shrimp and boat captain, the college graduate, the City Falls of Greenbow, Alabama, decided to get together and offered me a fine job. Snapper lawnmower, and he's mowing the football field at the school. And I bet he's doing it for free because he's Forrest Gump, right? He's, right. He didn't need the money. That's, I'm not going to be Forrest Gump. I'm not going to be that wealthy, but I want to be able in my retirement just to be, mow people's lawns. I have a riding lawnmower. I'll mow your lawn. That is not an aspiration that I think about when I retire, but you want to go out in the hot sun and mow football fields. So God bless you for doing that. You know what I do love about that idea? The simplicity of it. You love mowing the lawn at our house. You love it even more when it's the morning and you tell our son to go out and mow the lawn because he's of an age now. You got to do some upkeep on the house. And uh, he was just a little guy when we moved into the house that we have. And when I mean little guy, he was five months old. We've lived in there for 15 years now. We've bought several. This is third house that we bought in our marriage. This by far was the most difficult home purchase. Yeah. If you remember, we were close to paying off our other house. So we were set. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden a fourth child comes. And not only is it a boy, which we don't know what to do with because we're trained (laughs) to three three girls. But then we realize, oh, the boy doesn't fit in any room, short of putting him downstairs in the little den area. We couldn't put a baby downstairs because the girls had the rooms upstairs. So we needed to get a bigger house. And boy, that was a sea change. Right. So what ended up happening with that purchase is we, like many other people, we put our house on the market. We got a buyer within just a few weeks. And there was a problem with their loan paperwork. And we didn't know that, and they were trying to resolve it on their own. We moved out of the house thinking that they were going to transfer in over the weekend. We moved into a hotel, and that transfer didn't happen. And all of our things were in storage, so it wasn't like we could easily put our things back into this house. We lived in a hotel for nearly three weeks. Right. And if you remember the oldest, she was asking us, is this going to happen? Is this going to fall through? And we looked at her thinking, you're asking me the question I want to ask, God. But then we turned it into a moment of teaching her that if we trust God, God will make good of this in some way. So telling, telling her that reassured us, but also gave her a comfort that this is where our faith is tried. Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. It was definitely tried and we got through that and we were able to move into our home where we have been for 15 years now. I think a lot of people are going through that time right now during COVID where they haven't been working for a long time that their homes 
might be in jeopardy because of that. And you don't know where this is going to lead. And it's only going to be in hindsight once this is through that we are going to understand the lessons that God is asking us to learn through this. Because I think for a lot of people, it's a really difficult time. It's really difficult to maintain peace within their homes, within marriages. And trying to discern what is God's will. And that's what we were trying to do, not only for ourselves, but for our, our daughter at that time. We were making that move. That applies today. How do, you, how do you discern what is God's will in the midst of a crisis? And at that time when we were selling our house, that was a crisis for us. But certainly COVID is a crisis. And there are people who are wondering, where do I go next? What's going to happen? Am I going to be on, on a job again? Am I going to be able to stay in my house? Am I going to be able to get another house? So those are moments of discernment. But when you're stressed, the devil takes advantage of that to distract you from focusing on what's most important, my faith in my creator. So it is not always clear when we are going through those things. And yet now, 15 years later, we are in this house with so many memories. And while it was a difficult transition to get there. Boy, the blessings that have come in this home. I got to tell you, when the time comes for you to get me out of that house, I may not be willing to go very easily. And thinking about the lawn mowing that we started with at the beginning, I think the reason I do love mowing that lawn is because it is the one thing that I found I had a little bit of control of. And when you're in crisis, you're trying to find control. And at the same time, as Christians, we're, we're you know, taught to let go, let God. But the lawn mowing is my control. So if you want to go and retire and travel all over, I can just put a lawnmower on the back of whatever RV you have and I can mow the campground lawns. All right. <laughs> I'm sure the camp host would appreciate that. Well, we've got a great show ahead for you because coming up, I get an opportunity to talk with the wonderful Father Timothy Gallagher. He has a new book out. It's called Discernment of Spirits in Marriage. So we're going to have a conversation about some of the Ignatian wisdom for husband and wives. And on this week's View from the Pew, we're going to talk about how to break bad habits and how we work with one another in marriage to recognize what habit might be bad. Whose habits are we talking about? I'm not sure. It's not mine, though. Well, stay with us. we got a great show for you ahead on this week's View from the Pew. The rumors and the stories of my past I can't deny. I'm no St. Ignatius, but again, I'm no barfly. The wrong thing is the right thing until you lose control. I've got this bag of bad habits in a corner. It's hard not to stress out about everything going on in your life. How am I going to pay this bill? What about the problems in my marriage? My kids failing in a class and the future. Ah, I'm not ready for the future. You ever notice that when you're in that headspace, you're a big mess? That's because there's no grace in that headspace. God is the God of now. He gives you the grace you need to deal with real life right now. He's not giving you the grace to deal with everything all at once because guess what? You don't have to take on everything all at once. Life is lived one day at a time. Scripture says, God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light from my path. It doesn't say his word is a flashlight to see far down the road. Put one foot in front of the other and stay in the present. That's where God is. Stay there with him and you'll be in a place of grace. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. It may be hard to believe, but Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent are just a few days away. 
Get ready for this special season with help from Mater Dei Radio. Unite with us in prayer during our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic Reflections that will enrich your life. Mater Dei Radio is also eager to pray for your personal requests through our prayer hotline. You can send an intention to our prayer team now by going to materdayradio.com and clicking the prayer button on our homepage. Or call the Mater Dei Radio prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or click prayer on top of the homepage at materdayradio.com. Lent will be here before you know it. Make sure you're ready with Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. This past year, more than ever, has the family felt the pressure and strain of daily life. The pandemic restrictions have infiltrated every aspect of the home and the enemy seeks to find those vulnerabilities within our marriages. In his new book, Discernment of Spirits in Marriage, Father Gallagher aims to free you from the discouragement and assist you in finding peace in your spiritual life and in your marriage. Using St. Ignatius of Loyola's rule for discernment, he's going to help you determine what is of God and what is not. And Father Gallagher is with me today. Hello, Father Gallagher. Thank you so much for your time today. Hi, Brendan. Thanks for having me. Father, off air, I made a presumption that since you followed the rule of St. Ignatius, I presumed you were with the Jesuits, but you are not. Tell me a little bit about your ministry and your order. I am an Oblate of the Virgin Mary, and our founder, Venerable Bruno Lanteri, basically fell in love with the Ignatian spiritual exercises and became convinced that there is no more practical and powerful instrument in the church to and and you know accessible instrument in the church to awaken in people deep desires for holiness and to be apostles in the church and in the world. He also saw that the Jesuits who have these exercises are so engaged with other work, especially education, that in practice these are not as available as the church needs. So we were to be a group of priests trained in this and who didn't do other things so that we could increase the exposure to these, uh, this powerful spiritual tool to God's people. So that, that's a thumbnail sketch of uh, who we are. And um, I've done a number of ministries, but essentially for the last 20 years, I've been writing on discernment and um, responding to invitations for retreats and seminars and conferences. And it's become a fairly full-time ministry for me now because people just love this teaching when it's shared with them, because it is the answer to the discouragement that so many of us feel. And you know, Brenda, that's very real today for obvious reasons. Oh, sure. This teaching just gets more and more important. Um, Father, now more than ever, like I said, it does feel that way. The pandemic is, while it feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it's hard to remain patient, and it seems that the enemy doesn't want to let go. Why is it that the devil always attacks especially our families and really digs in where in the middle of marriages? Uh, precisely because marriage is so beautiful, so important, so essential for the well-being of the church and the world. So, of course, the enemy will attempt to attack it. And what's important to note is that we're not speaking about extraordinary phenomena here, you know, that you associate with some of the great saints. 
This is all very ordinary daily experience, which is precisely why it's so important, because almost all of marriage and the spiritual life is lived in the ordinary ups and downs of every day. And so to have a teaching, these are 14 short, essential, practical, usable guidelines that Ignatius formulated. He calls them rules to help us make sense out of the ups and downs, and especially to understand the downs, the discouraging times, the desolate times, understand them, and then above all, know what to do about them. And what that does is it just opens um, hope and light and freedom where sometimes we feel almost inevitably consigned to live in discouragement or some degree of discouragement. We're not called. God never calls us to that kind of captivity. And I will say that um, in all the years of my working with people, I have found no parallel tool as effective as this. It really does change people's lives. And those aren't just words. I've seen it more times than I could ever express. Father, I don't think that there is a couple in the U.S. that doesn't, in their heart, yearn for what is right and good, especially within their marriage. And in your book, you use those discernment, those rules to help determine what is of God and what is not. It would seem that it would be easy to see those things that are of God, those things that are good and holy and right, and easy enough to determine those things that are not. Why is it not easy? Well, a number of things are easy enough doesn't mean that they're easy in terms of making the right choice, but we see clearly what's good and what's evil, for example, in a number of choices. But this is on an even more daily level than that. It's the, you get up in the morning and you don't look forward to the day. Usually you pray at that time, you just don't feel any, any energy for it. What's going on there? How did that get started? How do you understand that experience? And above all, how do you respond to it? That's or 10 o'clock at the end of a discouraging day, you're sitting alone at your desk and there's the Bible that you'd normally read for a few minutes before going to bed, but there's the smartphone too. Mm -hmm. And nothing in you right now wants to pick up the Bible and everything wants to pick up the smartphone and one touch can become a hundred and two hundred. And all right, we, we all know these experiences. What Ignatius does is to help us to understand this level of daily experience, which as I say, is almost all of our life, life. Uh, understand the spiritual meaning of it, what's of God and what's of the enemy, and how to respond. You know, Brent, I'll just add this quickly. The nicest response I've gotten to that book thus far is uh, was from a woman who sent an email, and she said, my husband and I are both reading this, and we're now talking on a level on which we've never spoken before in our marriage. Uh, that, that Because what happens is you get a vocabulary and an understanding for these ups and downs, and now you can begin to understand them and talk about them. And beautiful things then happen. Oh, beautiful indeed is a marriage devoted to God. And Father Timothy Gallagher is with me today to talk about discernment of spirits in marriage. That is his new book. Father Gallagher, you know, married life. And, and over 31 years that uh, the good deacon and I have been married, we recognize this, that married life, it ebbs and flows like the tide. You know, there are times where it's easy, like those honeymoon days where it, it just all goes right. You are deep in faith. You are moving in the same direction and it feels wonderful. But the tide always seems to turn. And that's when those temptations sets in and you start to feel that spiritual desolation as you have that distance maybe between you and the person that you love. 
why does God allow this to happen? It seems like if the marriage is where we are attacked the most, God would set up a border, or a wall, the stone wall that would just really keep us protected. But it doesn't work that way. Why is that? So you're asking just wonderful questions. I could see Ignatius smile if you were here <laughs> when you, you asked that. Because he, what you're doing is asking the question that he answers in the ninth of his rules. If we had more time, eventually all of these rules would come to the fore. And there's a reason why there are 14 of them and a reason why they're in the order in which they are. And his answer is that there are several reasons why God will permit the discouragement of spiritual desolation. Now, obviously, if we don't resist it and we simply give in to it and we regress and pull back, it's simply going to harm us. And that's what the evil one, that's what the enemies intention is in bringing it. But God's intention in allowing it is to use the enemy against himself. Sometimes the experience of discouragement, of desolation, alerts us to the fact, let's say, for example, that prayer has slipped recently, maybe even without consciously choosing it, it's just some busyness. Oh, you know, it's time for me to pick that up again. We also recognize that often enough in life, it's the dark moments that almost compel us to take the most beneficial spiritual steps that we've taken in our lives. And then to be dealing with spiritual desolation um, in the normal up and down and uh, ebb and flow of the spiritual life, it does something else. It keeps us from getting complacent hmm. in the spiritual life. It's, it's an ongoing sort of uh, stimulus to be attentive, to be in touch with what's going on, to take healthy steps in the spiritual life. So essentially, the enemy, God uses the enemy against himself. And um, so that's Ignatius rule yeah. nine. Oh, I think that's perfect. And you're also right there that if it weren't for those times where we struggle, how do we recognize those times where it is beautiful and easy and God is easy to see? Father Gallagher, in our preparation for getting this book scheduled and on our show, you've managed to write another book. Tell us what do you have coming down the pipeline? Well, it's just out a few weeks now, and it's uh, titled A Biblical Way of Praying the Mass and subtitled The Eucharistic Wisdom of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, who is the priest who founded my community. What he did was to offer us a way of of really praying the Mass from our hearts by identifying a succession of different biblical figures whose sentiments and what stirs in their hearts at a given moment can help us pray the corresponding part of the Mass. So just in one or two sentences here, how do we leave home, travel to church, enter, and get settled for Mass? He says, do that with what Simeon had in his heart the day that he went to the temple to meet the Christ. The longing, the sense of something great that would lie ahead, um, the desire to meet the Christ, because we go to meet the same Christ. So for each part of the Mass, he gives the heart a place to rest which helps us really to pray that part of the Mass. And I haven't seen this anywhere else, so I wanted to share that, and that's the reason for the book. Oh, excellent. Uh, I know many of our listeners would love to get their hands on a copy of that book and also your book, Discernment of Spirits in Marriage. Where are they going to be able to find those copies? All of my materials are available on my website, which is just fr for father, frtimothygallagher.org. But the books are all available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere the books are available, these are available. 
Oh, excellent. And that is Father Timothy Gallagher. The name of the book, Discernments of Spirits in Marriage, Ignatian Wisdom for Husband and Wives. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to ordering these books from Father Gallagher's webpage. You'll find that link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com. It's time for this week's View from the Pew. Scott, I have no bad habits. I'm not sure what we would even talk about. That might be the worst habit you have. Denying the bad habits that I have? <laughs> I think we all have that bad habit. But yeah, that's uh, that's a challenge when we, especially right now, right before Lent, right? That's, this is a time that we kind of look at, okay, what kind of habits have we formed and what do we need to get rid of? And the whole aspect of Lent is to try and help us to figure those out and get rid of the things that aren't advancing our faith and our family life. So Lent is just a couple of weeks away. Scott, this week on the morning blend, I talked about some of the things that you can do for Lent. Often we go for those things that we can give up food wise, give up the chips, give up the cookies. But this article talked about being creative in some of the things that you can do. And one of the suggestions was to break a bad habit. So not that this is the confessional, but I have noticed that I've gotten into a habit lately. And it's such a habit now that I almost look forward to it at the end of the day. I am an early in the morning kind of person because I do the morning show. So I usually get up about 4.30 in the morning. And because of that, though, I get to leave in the afternoon. So I beat all of the rush hour traffic. My habit is I come home, I make myself a late lunch, Then I sit down on the couch and eat my lunch and watch a show. But what happens from there is, well, I get comfortable, maybe close my eyes for a minute, find out what's going on around the house. And then I'm still sitting in that couch a couple hours later and nothing's happened. It's funny how you get into these ruts that, oh, it's just, I'm going to sit down and have my lunch. And then the next day it's, I'm going to have my lunch and watch a show And then it's, oh, while I'm watching the show and eating my lunch, I'm going to look at my phone. And then I tend to shut everything else out around me. And that's not ever what I intended to do. It's funny how those things take foothold. You know how kids today are pulled in by different media apps. And Mm -hmm. gosh, I think one right now is called TikTok. Oh, yeah. And and it just eats people's time up. But I think that that's the, the phone particularly is something that distracts us from doing what we'd otherwise recognize as important to do. So for instance, I get up in the morning and my first uh, effort is to go downstairs and start the coffee. And I pick up my two phones. I have one phone for work and one phone personal, but on the personal phone, I get diaconal stuff, questions from parishioners, whatever. And then I I look at those two phones and what I recognize I have to do, and sometimes I'm good at this and sometimes I'm not, is I don't. Look at your phones, the first thing. The first thing I should be doing, particularly as a deacon, is to be praying the liturgy of the hours. But we all should be striving to at least say good morning to God and giving thanks for the day. And yet, if we pick up a phone, boy, that's our distraction. And so I think that that's, you know, Father gets at that uh, very well in his book. Right. And that's exactly what Father Gallagher was leading to in his book, Discernments of Spirits in Marriage, is that... It seems obvious for me. It's obvious to know 
The right thing to do is not allow myself to be lazy on the couch, that I should sit down at the table, eat my lunch, and then get about my afternoon. The kids need attention. There's dinner to be made. There's always housework to be done, right? Those are the right and good things that I should be doing in marriage. And yet somehow just taking a moment to relax, which is what we all desire and need and God knows and and says, yes, rest is important. But how that temptation of that phone that just kind of keeps you from doing those good and right things. That is more what I think we experience every day than those, what we would imagine those be that the real large type of evil temptations, those we are always usually pretty aware of and can hold those back. It's more in the, in the real subtle kind of ways of life. The overt evil is not the norm. And the devil works as you're describing very much in the norm of our day. The, the good that is twisted into being a distraction toward evil. And it's not that we are intending to be evil, but it's a slippery slope. It's that constant reminder. Come back to come back to center. Are you off track? Are you off track? And that is called discernment. And our faith gives us the tools and the ability to see, am I on track or am I off track? Because we can't see in and ourselves. That's the other value of is community. Our community, in this case, our family help us to see, Hey, you know what? I'm spending a lot of time laying on the couch, looking at the phone and not doing other things. Well, a family member might say that. Our first reaction may be defensive, but then when we get out of our prideful mindset, we go, yeah, you know what? I, there are a lot of things I need to do, and I need to set some of these things down. Everyone contends with that, and the church itself contends with that internally. And so it's not something that is is re- reserved for those who aren't faithful. No, in fact— the devil attacks faithful very much so in, oh, sure. in the good that we do in a given day. So that's the that's the beauty of, of this Lenten season coming up is once again you have an opportunity to look at those moments in your life when you're getting distracted and led away from the greater good. It's the greater good that God wants you to do. He says, you will do these things and more because I'm going to the Father. I want to do the more. Yes. And yet... The devil distracts us to avoid the more for the moment of whatever we might feel is quiet and peace, but really it's distraction. And as we head into these final weeks before we begin the Lenten season, the good deacon, Scott, please end us in a prayer. Heavenly Father, as we prepare for the upcoming season of Lent, help us to not focus on the uncertainties of the future. Help us to focus on the certainty of your word that you love us deeply here and now in this moment. And in doing so, help us to give strength to others that we may continue to focus on the good in this world. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to do it for us this week. Please tune in next Friday as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew. God bless and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. 
For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.